question of why I follow Jesus. And uh, this is, is important because it's important that we understand ourselves, why we follow Jesus, and it's also important as we encourage other people. And one of the ways that we desire to engage everyone in this process is to give you an opportunity to ask questions to those who are sharing the story as to why they follow Jesus. And so I invite you, if you would, to grab your bulletin and go to the back of the bulletin there, and uh, you'll find the information that you need to climb in and ask a question, and we're going to invite you to do that this morning. Uh, Today we have the opportunity to hear from two different women, as, as we watch a couple of different videos, um, who are both involved in the ministry here at PCC. Uh, Jackie Hutchison serves as our office administrator, and uh, she works there in the office. Uh, administrative assistant, I think, is the official title for Jackie. Basically, she does everything. So that just sums it up uh, real easy right there. Uh, we're also going to hear from Kathy Frederick, who serves not only as our adult Christian education uh, ministry leader, uh, but she also leads two different small groups today. And so they're actively involved in, in the ministry here at PCC. Uh, both of these women have responded to the statement of why I follow Jesus, and they have done so differently, but they share a common joy as to who Christ is in their life, especially to what they have seen Christ do in their life and in the lives of others, as they have have allowed him to work and to move and and to be active in their life. Um, It's interesting to see how God works through our lives in a way to draw us nearer to him, and he does that in in different ways. One of the things that I appreciate uh, about everyone's willingness, uh, sometimes a reluctant willingness, to share why they follow Jesus is because they've taken time to examine their life and to really contemplate why it is that they are a believer and then willing to share a reason or two as to why they follow Jesus. And, and I think it speaks to what uh, Peter said in First Peter chapter 3.15 when he wrote, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And that's part of the challenge of this series that we're going through, uh, to not only find encouragement as to why other people choose to follow Jesus, but for each one of us to consider ourselves why it is that we follow Jesus, or maybe what is hindering us or holding us back from following Jesus, Um, why we are a believer, why we're choosing not to believe, why it is that we have a relationship with Christ, and and what that means to us. And so uh, we have the opportunity to share that with people, and maybe not on a video or, or on a stage, but you have the opportunity to share that with confidence and humility with people when the opportunity presents itself. And one of the things we want to encourage you to do is to think about why you follow Jesus. So it's not some you know, script that you've memorized. It's not some, well, the pastor said on Sunday morning type of an answer. But it's a, it's a genuine answer that you have thought about. It's something that is unique to you as to why you follow Jesus. And, and we want you to be able to, to do that um, as that opportunity is presented to you. As we prepare to engage with these two videos this morning, I want to read the words of Paul from Romans chapter 5, where he says these words. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that our suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And our hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. 
And I pray that this morning as we watch these videos that we will allow God to draw near to us as we draw near to him. My name is Jackie Hutchinson. Um, you know, when I started to write this, I realized I was tricked into doing it because I'm completely stepping outside of my box right now. I was born into a large Baptist family, and anyone who understands large Baptist families would understand, would think that that's why I followed Jesus. And I guess to some extent it is. I spent a lot of time in church as a, as a young child. I first came to know Christ when I was six years old at Vacation Bible School. I guess thinking back on that moment, I realized I followed him because he was fun and because I was completely afraid not to. There's that Baptist upbringing again. After accepting Jesus as my Savior, I followed him with conviction. I memorized the books of the Bible. I began to comprehend his word. I did all the things that were expected of a little girl who understood and loved Jesus. All of this led me to publicly confessing my faith by being baptized at age 12 continued to follow him through middle school and high school, remembering that time in my life, my life now, as I try to put this into words, I realized I followed Jesus through middle school and high school because he provided comfort and support. And what teenager doesn't need comfort and support? However, it was at some point during my high school years that I put Jesus in a safe place. I began to follow him because I knew he would forgive me. And I continued on this path in my adult life. During those years, I watched many people I love deal with some very real issues, myself included. I watched as my father came in and out of my life. I watched as a dear friend, who is now my husband, Jim, dealt with tragedy and challenges. And I watched as I myself made questionable choices that still impact my life today. I attended church only randomly for all those years, and I definitely continued to follow him because I knew he would forgive me. It wasn't until I found out that our daughter Annabelle had a Wilms tumor the size of a grapefruit on her kidney that I began to miss being part of a church community. Annabelle was 16 months old. My husband and I were 35. I was eight months pregnant with our son, Henry. Annabelle had her tumor and kidney removed, and one month later, Henry was born. As a family, we, we dealt with the six months of chemotherapy as if we were being carried. And by this, I mean we were unexplainably calm. Jim took care of details. I took care of the kids. Annabelle was an amazing patient, and Henry was amazingly patient. And in spite of the cancer, it was an awesome year for us. We had a great support system. I was humbled, and I began to miss church. Eventually, Princeton Community Church was recommended to make an acquaintance, and we began to attend. It worked for us, and I began to follow Jesus because he gave me hope. Shortly after we began attending, and after much coaxing from God, I stepped outside of my black box, and applied for my current job with the church. After several years of my position here, I was still following him because I knew he would forgive me. Plus, he gave me hope. And I found myself faced with another challenge that would force me to step outside of my box again. Annabelle was in middle school and attending the middle school girls' small group, and they found themselves without a leader. A few other mothers and myself stepped up and took on the task so that the girls can continue on their path with God. I was so fearful because after all I had seen and done, what actually qualified me for this task. But amazingly, this time with the girls was when I really started to feel him working in me again. 
I discovered that he had always been there in spite of the fact that I put him in a safe place. He was a constant in my life, forgiving me even when I was challenged with forgiving myself. So today, if you ask me why I follow him, I would answer, I follow Jesus because he's fun, because I'm afraid not to, because he provides comfort and support, because he loves me and forgives me unconditionally, because he carries me when I need him most, because he is my hope, because he challenges me and opens my heart, because he is constant, and because everywhere I've been and everywhere I go, I see all the amazing things he puts in my world. Simply put, I follow, I follow him because he is amazing. And let's be honest, who doesn't love me? I would venture to say that if you have uh, experienced Christ, you do understand that he is amazing in our life. Um, Jackie uh, heard the truth of God's love for her uh, from the beginning of her childhood, and, and she was able to, to be raised in that, and it was, it's been a constant presence in her life. Uh, but that hasn't always been the case uh, for everyone. Sometimes it happens later in life. Sometimes it's through a friend or a coworker that uh, models and speaks truth into our life. And, and through that influence, it begins uh, a change process in us that as we surrender to God, he allows us to, to draw near to him, and he begins to make a big difference in our life. And, and our lives can change as we closely uh, try to follow him and as we try to model him in our life. And uh, I hope you see that shine through in, in our next video. Hello, my name is Kathy Frederick, and I did not grow up in a Christian home, and I had never known a living, breathing Christian until I went away to college, where I met a girl who loved Jesus. I had a lot of uh, respect for this girl, and I liked her. And so being the enlightened, rational scientist type um, that I was, who pretty much thought I knew everything, I considered it my responsibility to show her that the only reason she believed this nonsense was because she had been brainwashed as a child by her church and family. If she could just get rid of this belief system, this archaic belief system, I thought, then she would be much happier. So we talked and we discussed and we argued and in retrospect I was pretty obnoxious but her faith remained unshaken and she kept quoting from the Bible which I didn't know anything about. So I decided to read the Bible not because I wanted to believe it but because I wanted more ammunition for my arguments. And as I read the Bible cover to cover I didn't understand much of it. But what I did understand rang true with me as I started to see God's plan through history, and especially when I read about the person of Jesus. After about a year, I realized that if God was real and Jesus had died for me, then he had the right to rule my life. This sent me into a tailspin because I didn't particularly want to relinquish control of my life. Now I started arguing with myself, one side of me saying, you know this is true, you have to do something about it, and the other side of me saying, this is the biggest bunch of craziness you've ever come upon, just give it up. Anyway, God pursued me, he continued to pursue me, and I continued to resist, but eventually I reluctantly surrendered my life to him. 
I was definitely not happy about this and I can remember thinking that my life was over and that nothing would ever happen to me that was exciting again. As I began to follow God, he showed me many things. He showed me that I had sinned and was in need of forgiveness. He showed me something about his grace and mercy and how, who I was as a child of God. He also showed me how to pray, how to listen to him, how to read the scripture, how to worship, and how to obey him, sometimes even right away, and how to live and love in the body of Christ. And after several years, I could see that he was changing me. He was making me more truthful and less arrogant and more focused on others and less self-centered. And that was a real encouragement to me. But best of all, he allowed me to serve him, taking part in what he was doing in a variety of ways that were fun and exciting. Don't get me wrong, my life was pretty normal with normal ups and downs. I got a job, got married, raised a family. But I had been totally mistaken because my life with Jesus was much more exciting and meaningful than my life without him had been. Following Jesus gave my life meaning and purpose for the very first time. Then, about eight years ago, uh, painful circumstances came into my life. My world imploded and I, was, I experienced waves of pain and rage. I didn't really doubt that God existed, but I was angry at the situation and at him because he could have prevented this from happening and he could fix it, but he wasn't doing that. It was like God was saying to me, now that you've experienced this, are you in or out? Are you willing to trust me in spite of this? I realized that if I was going to survive this, I needed to know him in a much deeper way, and I cried out to him again and again. Several months into this period, a friend of mine invited me on a silent prayer retreat. And these prayer retreats are time spent away without any distractions, just you and God. And they're phenomenal because God always shows up. But back then I didn't know that and I had my doubts. I figured that I could exhaust all my prayers in the first three hours and then what was I going to do for the rest of the weekend? Anyway, I went and I was reading and praying through Psalm 139 and when I got to the part that says, search me and know my heart, something incredibly wild happened. It was, I don't know exactly how to describe it, it was like totally other. God had spoken to me through scripture before, but this was different. It was like I was caught in a tornado, and then God was holding me, and we were looking at my heart, which was gray, mushy, lifeless, the kind of heart you'd see pickled in formaldehyde. God was there, so I felt safe, but it was horrifying, and I didn't know which was more horrifying, the state of my heart or the fact that I had this experience, this vision at all. You see, I'm still the rational scientist type and this was way, way outside my comfort zone. As my pulse finally came back down to normal, I asked God, so you're gonna fix this, right? You know that there's nothing I can do about my heart, right? But God didn't answer right away and there was no one to talk to because this was a silent retreat. But over the next several hours, as I spent time down by the lake at this retreat center, 
God poured love into my heart and convinced me in a personal way beyond doubt that he loved me in spite of the fact that my heart was like this. It was fantastic, and there was an intimacy with him that was incredible and addictive. This closeness to him is what I want now more than anything. Since then, I've carved out more space in my life for God, and I've gone on many more silent retreats. And God has continued to meet me in transforming and life-giving ways. Scripture says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I found this to be true. That pain and confusion, it's still there in my life eight years later. God hasn't fixed it and he hasn't taken it away. But he's done something else. He's embraced me and let me know him. And that has given me great, great joy. Truly being with him, just being with him, is the most exciting thing I do. You see, initially I followed Jesus because I realized that he was God and it was true that the tomb was empty. And God was overjoyed with that, even though I most definitely was not. And later I followed him because I saw that he was making positive changes in my life. And it was fun to serve him, and it gave my life meaning and purpose. And God was thrilled with that too. And now I follow him because of those two reasons, but also because I know him in a deeper way. He is the one who loves me perfectly, and I can trust him completely. In every stage of our life, God invites us to come closer to him, to get to know him better. And when we accept those invitations, what we find is the greatest, most amazing treasure ever. And that's why I follow Jesus. Psalm 73:28 says, But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Um, I think it's, it's very interesting that what both women shared here today was that God was near, and that was good. Did you hear that? In their different ways that they shared that God was near them, and it was good. When they doubted he existed, or when they put him in a safe place, he was always right there. He, he was the constant. In the rough times, in the difficult times, in the good times, in the hurt, in the pain, in the dark moments, even when nothing else made sense, God was there. He was present, and he was near. And I wonder if each of us would just take a second to be reflective and to ask ourselves the question, have you ever experienced that in your own life? Have you ever just experienced that God was near? In the midst of everything that was going on, that God was still right there. In the turmoil, in the, in the pain, in the chaos, you found comfort and you found peace that can only be described because of who Jesus is. I think often that when we go through uh, rough situations, we desire for God to do something and show up, don't we? And yet, what do we ask God to do? God, we want you to change the situation, Right? Isn't that what we pray? God, make this better, heal this person, change this, do that. When, when maybe what God is really doing is he's working on you, he's working on me. And that's a lot harder, isn't it? 
because we resist that a lot more than we do if God would just change the situation. Oftentimes, God is not just going to change the situation. Instead, he's working on changing you. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we find Paul pleading to the Lord to remove that which was afflicting him. And he cried out to him. He pled with him. And yet, what he found was that God didn't remove it. And instead, what God did was he learned that his grace was sufficient. And Paul understood that for the, for the first time. Um, he learned that, that even though God didn't miraculously fix it, he was there and he was present And maybe in your situation and in your life, God is changing you. Maybe God is inviting you to experience him and his love and his grace and his mercy. And as we we celebrate the resurrection, his ascension, we celebrate that he is alive and he is true and he is with us. And he wants us to experience him in a more deep and intimate way. Um, And I also want to encourage you that that as you are going through life, as you go through the things that you're experiencing, that God is with you and he is carrying you, even in those darkest of moments. That God's desire for you is to discover and experience him in a way that your life will change and you can experience great joy. Uh, A joy that comes from surrendering our lives to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Uh, It's why Jesus came to earth to reveal himself to us so that we can participate with him in his ministry of reconciliation so that we can learn from him and we can listen to him and we can obey him so that we can experience him in a real, meaningful, and significant way and so our lives have purpose. And so as we reflect on who Jesus is and what he has done for us and and we heard uh, the the testimony of these two women, Uh, we want to to take a moment and remember what Christ did for us. And we're going to move into a time of communion. Uh, And I'm going to invite the the Pennington small group to take their places to pass the the communion tray. And we do that now as we celebrate how God is in the business of drawing near to us and how God has invited us to draw near to him. In just a, a couple of moments, they're going to pass the trays, the bread which contain, the, the tray that contains the bread, which represents Jesus' body, the tray that contains the juice, which represents Jesus' blood. And we invite you, as you are prepared to do so this morning, to take of those emblems. And when you're ready to participate by, by uh, eating the bread and drinking the juice, and then together we will pray together and continue on in our worship service this morning. So I'm going to pray and ask God to bless our time as we focus in on him and his sacrifice to us this morning. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your love and and your grace and your mercy. Jesus, thank you for your willingness to go to the cross for us. Jesus, thank you that, that you set this simple meal aside so that we could take time to focus in on you. So, Father, as as we do this today, would you help us to remove the other distractions from our lives and, and help us to draw near to you as you are drawing near to us? We love you, Father, and we thank you. It's in your son's Um, Would you express your appreciation to Jackie and to Kathy?
being on video seems easy, right, until you do it, right? And, and then it's, it's kind of one of those nerve-wracking <laughs> things. Um, so we have many other uh, videos as far as uh, people have done as to why I follow Jesus. This is kind of the, our last week to do that. And what we're going to do is uh, we're going to utilize those videos in weeks to come. Uh, not necessarily in a series, but, but more in a testimonial period time just to uh, encourage us to continue to think about why it is that we follow Jesus. And so um, those of you who have done your video and we haven't shown it yet, it's not because it's not good. It's, uh, we'll, we'll get to that, okay? And so we'll, we'll let you know when that's going to happen. Okay, so who wants to go first? Jackie does. All right, very good. So uh, Jackie, how did you know? You mentioned in the video that you stepped outside of your box. So how did you know when you were supposed to step out of your box? You got to talk into the mic so they can hear you back there. So first, I'm stepping outside of my box right now. So <laughs> um, I guess it was a feeling. It was okay. one of those moments when I've, it kept happening. You know, it kept coming at me. It kept coming at me, and it was as if somebody was saying, and I'm, I place it on God, that he was saying, it's, it's your time. It's, it's, it's okay for you to do this. It's okay that you're uncomfortable. It's okay that you feel unsafe. It's, 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 it's going to be okay. Just try it. And though that's, that's what happened. I, I can't really explain why I did it. I just know that I was uncomfortable and I did it. Okay. And I, I place it on God. He, it was, he just kept saying it. So you're going to blame God for that then? All his fault. Okay, good. Well, this one's yours. Well. Up here that I'm sitting here. But. I'll, I'll take that. So, okay, Kathy. So we'll, we'll bounce back and forth. Kathy, is there or was there a verse or a book of the Bible that really speaks to you or has spoken to you or continue to speak to you? Um, and if you don't know Kathy, when she said she read the Bible cover to cover, she did. She probably did it one afternoon, just knowing... <laughs> Knowing how, how you are. But the, so the question is, was there anything in particular that really spoke to you? At that time? Uh, it's pretty vague, so oh, pretty you get to vague. answer it however you want. So. Um, at that time, I think what spoke to me the most was the Gospels. Um, because, you know, I didn't really know anything about Jesus then. And, you know, I had always sort of thought he was a fairy tale person. And, and then when I read the Gospels... I mean, it was pretty clear that it was historical. And, and then, you know, you get to the part about him dying and, and the tomb being empty and, you know, start to think about that. And, and that's, that's kind of life-changing. So at that point, I think I would say it was the Gospels. Okay, good. What about now? I'm adding. And now part. I would say that my favorite books are Romans and the Psalms. All right, very good. Okay, so Jackie, back to the, we want to know about the box uh, a lot. So how have you seen God show up when you've stepped out of your box? Well, I, I guess I'll relate back to when I was with the girls in small group. Um, you know, I, I was uncomfortable. I didn't know how I was going to lead them down a path that, that would be educational for them and be fun for them. And at that time... Um, Everything that they said to me helped me to be okay with my answers. They, 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 they sort of led me through that process. And, and it was a great time for me, even though it was, you know, beginning, in the beginning it was scary. I was not comfortable. It was, it was outside of a box that I had made for myself. Um, and I don't even remember the question now. <laughs> How has God shown up as you've stepped outside of your box? 
he showed up then. You know, he, I felt him working. I felt this peace about the things that I was doing with them and the things that, were, that had happened in my life and the things that were coming in my life. And I felt a sense of peace after all of that time with the girls. And I, my prayers changed. My, my, the way that I looked at the Bible changed. Um, the way that I looked at other people changed. Um, it was, it was an amazing time. Um, so, again, I forgot the question. Good. <laughs> so nervous. All good. That's all good. <laughs> um, Kathy, uh, do, you, do you feel still or... Do you feel conflicted between your scientific, you know, science rational background and faith? Do those ever collide? And if so, how do you, how do you address those? Hmm. Um, I don't feel conflicted between science and faith. Um, I believe that, you know, God is the God of faith and the God of the universe. And so, obviously, anything we can understand about the universe is going to be given to us from him. So I don't have those kinds of conflicts. I think, I think where I feel the most conflicted is that I'm very much sort of a black and white person, and this is this, and this is that. And so the mystical aspects of being uh, in relationship with God are the things that um, have really taken some getting used to, actually. Uh, so. Okay, very good. So two things totally kind of unrelated, but... Um, Kathy mentioned in her, in her testimonial there that eight years ago something happened in her life, right? And we're not going to talk about what that is, but when I watched that, I couldn't help but think, well, it was eight years ago I came, <laughs> and God still hasn't removed that, so try not to take it personally. So if I resign and Kathy gets happy, everybody's good, right? You know what's, know what's going on. Second thing... Um, not many of you know this because Jackie does a really good job of flying under the radar. But in January marked the 10th year that Jackie's been serving here at the church. So no, no small feat, especially working with us. That's, uh, that's, that's not easy. So um, again, would you tell these two ladies thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you, ladies. Um, as we wrap up today, um, again, I hope that, that as you hear other people and are encouraged by other people, that you in turn will be encouraged to think about why it is you follow Jesus and what that means to you and what Christ means to you and how that relationship uh, that he desires to have with you can grow and can flourish and can be something new and amazing. And as you uh, step outside of your box and as you research who he is, that you will find him uh, scripture tells us that if we seek him, we will find him because he is not far from any one of us. And so uh, we just want to encourage you to do that. I'm going to pray, and uh, we'll be dismissed here this morning. Oh, you're right. Thank you. That's why Ian's standing in the back. Don't pray yet. We've got one more thing we need to do, and I forgot, and that's why we're a teamwork. Michael needs to get up here. Um, this is Michael's last Sunday with us. He's been our academic intern uh, for the year. And almost, you know, you're just here so often. You can't leave. That's the problem. So, um, Michael, uh, your graduation's Saturday, right? Family's coming in, big deal. And uh, Michael's been with us uh, for the academic year. Um, going back to Texas, we're really sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's been great to have, uh, have you here. And look forward to 
to what God's going to do in your life and, and uh, just the ministry, the heart that he's given you to, to lead people in worship and to love people with his love, it's, it's pretty amazing. I'm going to invite the uh, leadership team to, to come up and, and to pray um, over Michael as we uh, wrap up today. And we're also going to make you go to the back like we did Ben last week to, you know, maybe meet people you haven't met yet and, and those types of things. So, um, Doug, would you be willing sure. to, to pray for him there? Let's... Uh, and if you would, uh, as we did last week, if you feel comfortable, just if you want to extend your hand out toward Michael as just kind of a, a sign of just, you know, partnering in this as we pray for him as we send him out. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Michael. Thank you for his gifts, for his willingness to recognize those, to share those with us. Father, what a blessing he has been. Lord, we are we're going to miss him, but we don't want to be selfish. Because we know that there are people, even in Texas, actually, who are going to benefit from him and from his gifts. Father, even now we pray that you would put those good works in front of him, that they would be clear, that they would be obvious, that your kingdom would be moved forward because of the, this young man and his abilities. Father, remember, remind him that he has friends and prayer support here. We just look forward to hearing all the great things that uh, you are going to be accomplishing through Michael. Father, we thank you again for him and uh, for his presence with us here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have I forgotten anything else? Not that you know of? Anybody? All right. We're good. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Enjoy. Enjoy the beautiful day. And uh, we'll see you next week.